0: Is good, everybody. It is a celebration here in beautiful Burbank, California, at world famous Phila Monster Studios. As Defenders of the Bank is coming at you for Roger Maris, number 61. That's right, 61 on our episode count. Sitting to my left is the man, the myth, the legend, the person who I did my first ever shoey with tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the Christian Philly Philemon.
1: Normally I would feel honored, but the fact of the matter is, we want a piece of hardware. So when we have firsts, meaning adding silverware into our trophy case, oh. Scarf needs to have a first in his life. That's And right. that is doing a shoey. And so he graces Bega California Stadium with a sanitary shoey. What an unbelievable night we Get a piece of hardware in a trophy case in a very short period of time. The Tottenham
0: Hotspurs,
1: (laughs) with their 100-plus years of history, don't even have the type of silverware that LAFC now has. un believable
0: I got to tell you, the atmosphere tonight coming into Bank of California Stadium was electric. We knew because of ESPNLA on Instagram, we knew that the Supporters' Shield was in the building. We knew that we had a chance at history. And my favorite part of tonight was that we had to do it on our own. There was no backing in. There was no tie or loss by NYCFC. We had to go out and earn it. And the release the celebration that went on during that last 10, 15 minutes of the game. It was the coolest thing. And Philly, you and I talked about it earlier. We are born and raised Mets fans. We don't know what it's like to celebrate winning something, especially on our home field. This was the coolest thing. And look, okay, before anyone gets into the debates about what it means or anything else, yes, if we were playing in – any of the major leagues in Europe, yes, this would have meant we win, right? We're the champions. It doesn't mean that here in MLS, so let's take our first piece of hardware and make it our first of two pieces of hardware. Philly, what an incredible night tonight at Bank of California Stadium. Wow. We're calling today's episode,
1: for all you gamers out there, Achievement Unlocked. Supporter Shield. Yeah. We were on the verge of history today, defenders. LAFC needed a couple of things, and Lord knows that we had the chances in our favor. You said it earlier. NYCFC needed to either lose or tie in order for us to clinch without us even playing. And because of... My fellow brethren Romanian, Mitrica, man. <laughs> Killed it today. Annihilated Atlanta United. Absolutely annihilated Atlanta. 4-1. to one. We knew that it wasn't going to be the case then. And you know what? I was talking to some of the people in the, uh, in the fields, and the one thing that we all agreed upon is we're glad that NYCFC won because, quite honestly, had they tied or lost... Would we have come out there with the same pizzazz? It would have been fantastic to have had claim on the supporter shield, but would the taste have been sour if we actually lost to the Houston Fantas? Probably not. But now, we've said this before countless times, Scarf, and now we can officially lay claim on the yes fact sir. that we really are the best in the West and the, the best, best in, in, in the MLS. MLS. And We learned a fantastic statistic today. Thanks to our friend, Giovanni Beltran, who is quite the runner, by the way. He brought it to our attention that these since-96 folks, the Carson Galaxy, it took them three seasons to win the Supporter Shield. We did this in two. So finally, we can lay our claim to something that these pikers down in Carson— Can't say that they've accomplished. Took them three, we did it in two. In our short time span, we've already trumped you. So here's a big up to Carson and a (laughs) ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Giovanni Beltran, for bringing that statistic to our attention. But Scarf, I got a trivia question for you. Yes, sir. Here's a fun one for you. I'm ready. Who is the actual first winner... Of the MLS Supporter Shield.
0: All right, so this goes out to Red Madrona out there on Facebook, one of our supporters who actually lives, I believe, and resides in this same city. They currently have a soccer club down there called the Rowdies, and I believe the first Supporter Shield winner is the now defunct but always beloved Tampa Bay Mutiny.
1: You are absolutely correct. That is the second butterfinger you've won in a matter of days. You still haven't given me my first butterfinger. Yeah, but we've had an awful lot to drink in the time being. Dude, <laughs>
0: what a good night. Oh my goodness. Philly, we did our first shoey, man, together. That was incredible.
1: Well, it's about time. I mean, we've only been like what, like a two years together sitting in the same section. And <laughs> yeah. finally we do a shoey the night we clinched.
0: And and it was a sanitary shoey, but we all obviously did it in honor of Carlos Vela scoring The incredible goal that he did. He almost had two. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Philly, what's on tap for episode number... Oh, my God, we won the Supporters' Shield. I think that still hasn't hit me yet.
1: No, I mean, I have to pinch myself. Like, Uh, all day I've had ADD. Look, we're going to cover the same stuff we cover all the darn time. (laughs) You're going to kick us off with this day in LAFC history. Correct. We're going to give you the match recap. We're going to give you our wait, what, what moment, and we're actually going to remember to do this freaking segment this time because <laughs> we missed it last time. And this we one's did an, pretty easy, though. And we did an arrows and omissions on it the previous time, right. and obviously we're going to discuss what's on our plate this day in LAFC history. Let's not waste any time. Take us down memory lane, Scarf.
0: Absolutely. So it is now the 26th of September in beautiful 2019. And obviously this day in LAFC history will forever be known for the day that we won the Supporters' Shield on the 25th in 2019. However, two years ago, before LAFC ever played our very first game, LAFC fans took over the left field pavilion as the Dodgers defeat the Padres for their 100th win six full months before our first LAFC game. That whole pavilion was pretty much black and gold. That was pretty cool. It was one of the first big events that LAFC fans did together. And two days later, kind of a cool moment in LAFC history on the 28th of September of last year, EA releases FIFA 19, including LAFC for the very first time. They did not have Bank of California Stadium in the game for some reason. But Carlos Vela, obviously the highest rated player on LAFC with an 81. And then lastly, also on the twenty eighth, New Era releases the icon 5950 fitted LAFC had. And LAFC became the first MLS club to co create a signature line with New Era. Look, there are some other things that we could get to because our first game or excuse me, our next game is not Look, there are some things that we could get to because our next game isn't until the 29th, but this day in LAFC history will forever be known as the day that we won the Supporters' Shield on the 25th of September, 2019, and that is this day in LAFC history.
1: I'm still in utter disbelief. I I, I cried at some point. In my 39 years alive on this planet, I can probably count on one hand the amount of joy that I've had in terms of sports. (laughs) The 86 Mets winning the World Series was the first moment that I could ever remember as a child. I was three. The 1990 World Cup when Germany beat Argentina was the second one. I will count, obviously, the 2014 World Cup where Germany once again beat Argentina. (sighs) I went to Indiana University in my freshman year. We went to the championship game in basketball versus Maryland, but nothing was able to top the fact that we beat Duke in the Sweet Sixteen. And after that, I could, I guess, kind of count the fact that the Knicks made the NBA Finals in '94. Nope, they lost Game Seven of the Houston Rockets. But I don't have that many sports memories to really be jazzed up about Scarf, and you're a Mets fan. Yes, sir. So your sporting situation sucks just as bad as mine does. I'm with you, however— we clinched the freaking shield. Oh, my God, I'm in disbelief. Pinch me. Please pinch me. Punch me in the face. Kick me in the groin. We have hardware in our trophy
0: case. Unbelievable. You sound like an itchy and scratchy episode right now with all that going on. I got to say, for me, (laughs) 2006— I know it's not 2014, but for me, 2006, Italy, winning the World Cup. We all know that as the Zenedin Zidane headbutt game.
1: Against Matarazzi. That's right. It's my favorite
0: play of that game. Oh, dude. (laughs) You just didn't like Italy. That was the only thing. No, I never have. Francesco Totti, Andrea Pirlo. like I grew up Italy soccer, born and raised. And for me to be able to watch that, I was watching that at the, I believe it was the Mandalay Bay Sports Bar in Vegas that we were watching, that World Cup final. Absolutely incredible. If you would have told me that the Mets were going to make the World Series in 2015, I would have thought there's no way that that's going to happen. So I remember celebrating us going to the World Series, not much to celebrate during the World Series. And look, I I get to say, I was born and raised a Los Angeles Lakers fan, so there have been plenty of parades and chips with the purple and gold for la the lakers but i've never felt close to a team tied to a team married to a team the way that we all feel about our black and gold for LAFC. I've never been in the building when a trophy was raised. Look, I-, I get it. I was there last year when the Western Conference USL Championship was decided. And congratulations to Phoenix Rising and our boys Shaft and Tristan. We were there for that, but hardly the scene that was Bank of California Stadium, the 3252 going nuts. It was just the coolest thing and a first in my life, a bucket list kind of accomplishment to be able to be in the building. I I will at some point hopefully be able to touch said supporter shield, but I was living vicariously through all our friends that were down there on the field level. What an incredible night. We are now three meaningful wins away from our first MLS Cup championship. I can't wait Let's get into the game recap.
1: No doubt. All right. Now, LAFC came in today's matchup with their longest winless streak in club history. Our last four matches have been ties, and we've suffered a loss. It was just a few short days ago that we were recapping that tie. Family ties is what we called it against right. Toronto. If you listen to the family ties episode, we don't, we're not going to go any further, but if you haven't, I would... I would implore you to go ahead and do so. We Scarf did. and I had a lot of great things to say on that episode. We, did. we won't go over that post-match because Lord knows we covered that extensively. But the Houston Sunny Delights come into this matchup with a record of 11-16-4. They are underneath the playoff line. And coming in, they were on the verge of elimination from the playoffs. 2-3-0 and in their last five games, but they did manage to have an impressive win against Minnesota United at home. This is a team with a strong showing at home and a very poor showing on the road. 9-3-4 and four at BBVA Stadium and an unbelievably abysmal record of two wins, 13 losses, zero ties. But I will say this, one of their losses at home this season was against us, an LAFC team that didn't have Carlos Vela in the starting lineup or many of the usual suspects. We had an unpressive comfort behind win on the road with a completely depleted roster. We had Fito Zelaya starting the match. Las Vegas lights is Fito Zelaya, <laughs> Adama Diamande. Ah, oh, I miss you, buddy. Josh Perez, MCL stare. We'll talk about that. Lee Wynn, Peter Lee Vassell, Mark Anthony K, el Elmanir. Boy, did he come up big. Tristan Blackman, Dayan Djokovic, and Stephen Bade Scarf, in that match, I remember it very distinctively. We were at Scarfette's house. Yeah. We were watching this. We went down early, which unfortunately has been somewhat of a common theme as of late. In the third minute, we had Kyoto, who buried one past Miller. And watching that match, we're thinking, all right. This might be one that gets away from us, but just before the half, we had a Dama Diamande score in the 40-foot-plus second minute, and we ended up in the half one-to-one, but minutes later in the second half, Dio does it again for his first brace of the season. Dio, when he's on Scarf, can be a hell of a scoring machine. He really can. He was on fire that first month where he made his debut last season. He's shown signs this year, as well as even giving us a thrilling goal in one of the first games in the season. I miss him, Scarf. Dio, we said this in the last episode, our thoughts and our prayers are with you, and we wish you a speedy recovery. To slam the door shut on the Houston Tropicanas in that matchup, Rossi scored in the 88th minute. We've played Houston four times in our history. We've won twice. We lost to them in the U.S. Open Cup in a nasty shootout, Ugh. but that was a pretty exciting game. I mean, we came from behind. Diego Rossi had a hat trick, and we've tied. We've 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 won. We've tied. We've lost. Huh. <sighs> Coming into this game, there was a lot of anxiety, but a lot of things that made tonight's matchup intriguing. Wouldn't you say so, Scar?
0: Yeah, you know, we obviously talked about the hardware being on the line. You know, I think what a lot of people don't realize, one of the other things that was on the line, and I'm really happy to be able to finally put this one to bed, is we can now stop using the hashtag blame Philly. (laughs) The hashtag is dead. This was our first win since you missed a game while you were in Colombia so the hashtag blame Philly everybody is finally dead I know a lot of people were looking forward to the return of Christian Ramirez I mean he was on the team for a while We know that Christian had a little trouble putting the ball away in the back of the net he has not had any of that trouble with Houston he has played five games for Houston, scored three goals already. Now he's up to three goals in six games. So unfortunately did not get one against us. But look, here's the thing. His first ever league game for Minnesota, he scored his first ever league game for us. He scored twice his first ever game for Houston. he scored. He's got a penchant For coming in, guns a-blazin'. But unfortunately, sometimes he brings a butter knife to a gunfight. And that's what we saw in today's match. Couldn't get one in the back of the net. So a homecoming for Christian Ramirez. And look, the bottom line is, we're a better team than Houston. And I think if we would have gone down by a goal, we would have seen that same nervous energy. It was a bad goal, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, that we gave up. But... Look, what I was super excited about was that we had a chance to clinch the shield. We had an opponent right in front of us who we've had plenty of success against before. They've actually lost a couple of players from the times that they've beaten us or the times that they've played us tough. And it was just one of those things where I was excited to see Christian Ramirez. I was excited because the shield was in the building. I was excited because I felt like we were going to finally break this five-match winless streak. And it all came to fruition for us, Philly. What a great night at the bank.
1: Now, coming into this game, I had a lot of anxiety. A lot of anxiety in the sense that, look, Houston Dynamo were a team on the brink of elimination. Below the playoff line, they really did need to carve out a win in order to keep themselves relevant. That was issue number one. Wounded animal. Heart of LAFC said it on their last podcast. I'm going to steal some information from them. That's point number one. Point number two is you have an interim manager that is trying to secure a full-on contract. Wilmer Cabrera was fired last month, and now they are gaffered by Davi Arnode. Here's a guy who spent a, quite a bit of time in the MLS, so Lord knows he's going to come out wanting to be aggressive. That's point number two. Point number three, you have a center striker on the other team that was ostracized from his previous team because he couldn't find the back of the net. Lord knows that Christian Ramirez was going to come into Bank of California Stadium with a chip on his shoulder wanting to prove to John Thorrington and to Bob Bradley and the rest of LAFC that he is a gamer. Yet again, another fear. And last but not least, Demarcus Beasley, a guy who is basically on his last legs, hoping that he could make another impact later on in his career. Now, we talked about physics on the last episode, Scarf. Yeah. As a reminder to the listeners out there, every action causes a bigger if not equal reaction. My fear coming into today's game, what would have been the revenge of Christian Ramirez? The Houston Tropical V8s, again, with their backs against the wall. I was absolutely terrified. I really thought that Christian Ramirez was going to make an impact. But he wasn't the only player to watch on the Houston Dynamo squad. The always dangerous Albert Elise was there. Maro Manotes, another player to watch. As is former NYCFC player Tommy McNamara.
0: Look, Philly, what I love coming into this game, I was super excited. I've been following Albert the since he was playing for Honduras, even before that last year and the year before when he came into MLS. And I thought this kid was going to be great. But you know what? He parallels one of my favorite baseball players so much. Yasiel Puig is just one of my favorite baseball players. I loved him when he was on the Dodgers. But he's been kind of an enigmatic guy, not one that always fits into the clubhouse kind of a, an assassin on the field, but he kind of does his own thing. He's, he's very mavericky, as Sarah Palin would like to say. You know, it's just one of those things where he doesn't really fit into the team concept, but he's such a deadly striker. You have to watch him wherever he is on the pitch. So I was a little disappointed, but actually a little happy because it makes LAFC's life a little bit easier, that Albert Elise was not even in the starting lineup. And Philly, i got to say, it must be pretty cool. Our last two games at Bank of California Stadium will be the final time that we see DeMarcus Beasley play as he's already announced his retirement at the end of the season. And then, of course, our our last game where we're going to talk about with Tim Howard retiring, we're talking about guys who were legends on the U.S. men's national team. You know, I I love DeMarcus Beasley. I've got these visions of him in the World Cup's previous streaking down the sideline, cutting through the midfield. One of the fastest players on the planet when he was going at his best. So I was excited to at least see DeMarcus Beasley in the building. Obviously, we'll talk about how we didn't get to see him on the pitch. But and I know I'm one of the only people who actually feel this way. I mentioned this to everybody in our section I kinda dig those orange uniforms, man. It's maybe it's the Mets fan in me. Maybe it's the glutton for punishment that I am. But I maybe it made you think
1: Orange Crush. uh,
0: Maybe. I mean, I I love the remember the wrestler crush? He was really good. I (laughs) I just I (laughs) love When he was
1: part of demolition, yeah. I I remember that.
0: Axe Smash and Crush. He was the third one. He was like Kona Crush right before that. Like he came out and he was Hawaiian. It was like a whole thing. That was lame. I mean, I, I like he had that that cranium crunch or whatever it was. The that that would look painful. Um, Anyways, look, let's talk about a couple absences, though. In the lineup, we had a player who we knew would be out in Javi Perez. Duh. And another player who we found out before today's game, Danilo Silva, who underwent successful back surgery, repairing a lumbar disc in his lower back. Obviously, he is out for the season. One that was a little bit of a surprise for us, though, was the loss of Josh Perez due to an MCL strain You know, that was a little surprising. He's been an attacker that we have used on a substitution basis for quite a while. And obviously, Dio currently taking leave from the team handling a personal matter that meant Philly that we were down to just one Perez but other than Adrian who was in our 18 Philly why don't you give us the uh, fun starting lineup that Bob the Builder rolled out for LAFC
1: this was a really good lineup and we've talked about it before obviously Bob didn't stray away from starting the game in a 4-3-3 he kept Tyler Miller as his keeper he brought in Tristan Blackman and Muhammad Elmanir they subbed in for base Beta and for Jordan Harvey. And quite honestly, this was a really good move. After watching what Endo did to Stephen Bateshore in the last matchup, you thought to yourself, man, as much as we love Baden, and as much as we love Harvey and as much as they hustle, they don't have the young, fresh legs that Blackman and Mohamed Elmanir did. And Mohamed Elmanir made his presence felt very early on in the game. S- finishing off that back line, we had Walker Zimmerman and Eddie Segura. This is the back line of the future minus Palacios. Palacios, I I would have anticipated that we would have seen him today, but these boys played quite well with the exception of that one faux pas that led to an own goal, but we'll talk about that later. Our midfield was slightly changed. We had the regular suspects in Edward Atuesta and Latif Blessing, but instead of Mark Anthony K, we had Lee Wynn starting in the lineup. And Lee Wynn, deservedly so, man. like He pretty much could start for a majority of clubs in the midfield. He's earned his keep, and he well deserved to be in the starting lineup. K, as much as we love him, we call him the Canadian glory machine, he did not have as great of a game in the previous matchup against Toronto. Probably one of his poorer performances throughout the year. Doesn't mean that he shouldn't play, but Lee definitely deserved the start. And our front line, exactly who you'd suspect, Diego Rossi Ah, he came in in the clutch. Carlos Vela, he also came in the clutch. And, of course, Rayito, Brian Rodriguez rounding out our starting eleven. Scarf, what did Houston Dynamo's lineup look like?
0: You know, Houston brought out their starting goaltender, Joe Willis. He's been the stalwart back there for most of the season. He started all 26, 27 games, I think, so far for Houston. They have a little bit of a Honduran connection with Minor Figueroa and Boniac Garcia, both in the starting lineup, along with Struna, Lundqvist, and Bizama on the back line. Matias Vera, Memo Rodriguez, Tomas Martinez, Mauro Minotas, and the aforementioned, much loved, much maligned, former LAFC black and gold, Christian Ramirez in their 18, as you mentioned, Albert Elise, who we would see at some point during the game, Tommy Mack, who we would also see at some point during the game. And unfortunately, we would not get to see DeMarcus Beasley or Alejandro Fuenmayor, who I was really looking forward to seeing. He's a pretty good Venezuelan soccer player, but hasn't been able to make his way onto the pitch very often. And Philly, you know, it was a fun lineup that we got to see for Houston, but it was not a lineup by any stretch of the imagination that I feared. And, you know, you mentioned, Philly, that our back line was a little different. Well, we saw the difference beginning in the second minute oh, yeah. of the game. Look, Edward Atuesta was absolutely picked clean, but then Mohammed El Munir, with an incredible recovery—not just that he was able to make a diving block or he was able to body up his defender. No, no, no. He raced back, took the ball right back, and drove it right back up the field. That was something that I got to be honest. I feel like we were missing a little bit of that tenacity from our corner defenders for the last little bit. Look, you had mentioned both Jordan Harvey and Stephen Bateshore starting the game in the 18 rather than in the 11 and I think he just opted for a little bit more youth and a little bit more aggressiveness I think it'd be one of those games where we wouldn't have been surprised if we would have given up a couple more goals on the back line just because of how aggressively we were throwing our defenders forward but that was that play where I felt like all right something is going to be different tonight Mohamed Omanir looked fantastic on that play in the second minute and really helped propel us forward for the entire rest of the game.
1: No doubt. He didn't have his mask on, so Lord knows he came in there with quite a bit of confidence. And he picked up the loose change when Edward Atuesta got his pocket picked, And it looked beautiful. I said this before. I was... I was apprehensive in terms of my thoughts on Mohamed El-Maneer. We gave up the number one draft pick in Joao Matinho for Mohamed El-Maneer, a defensive player that was part of a squad that landed probably more goals than the majority, if not 90% of MLS teams. And, you know, we wondered for the longest time, what the heck did John Thorington do in terms of that? But he's obviously the craftsman that he is and the genius that he is in the suit and tie. Mohamed el this guy should be a consistent and regular starter. I love Jordan Harvey. I love Stephen Bateshore. They have a lot to offer in terms of veteran leadership. But going forward... Mohamed Elmanir and Tristan Blackman were the difference makers in terms of our back line. And this is the back line that we should utilize going forward, obviously with Diego Palacios coming in, possibly for Tristan Blackman. But we need younger, fresher legs out there. Endo, if anything, even though he put one past Tyler Miller last week, again, he made Stephen Shore work. And he looked exhausted, which is why he was subbed out after the first half in last uh, Saturday's game against Toronto FC.
0: Look, Philly, what I love is I'm looking back at my notes because we're getting ready to talk about the next 10, 15 minutes of the game. I've got a note here in the 8th minute, a note here in the 10th minute, a note here in the 13th minute, a note in the 16th, in the 21st, and in the 22nd. And every single one of those notes are LAFC offensively based. They're us pushing guys forward. For instance, obviously, the foul on Latif that led to a free kick by Vela. The corner, which should have been a penalty in the box for Brian Rodriguez, but again, we're pushing guys forward. In the 16th minute, we had a little razzle-dazzle by Edward Antuesta, which led to a free kick just over the bar there by Carlos Vela. We almost had goal number 30 on the season. Even minute 21, where we had a few too many passes in the box. Walker was open on the left side. Nobody found him. But then again, in the 22nd minute, what great hustle, Philly, by Brian Rodriguez that led to him being taken down in the box, just like last game. I don't think last game the defender was expecting Latif to charge in as quickly as he did and make as solid of a play. Well, that's how I felt like they were about this Brian Rodriguez play. He charges in, gets taken down in the box, and Philly, that set up a little bit of history at Bank of California Stadium.
1: No doubt, and you can basically give the assist to Struno, who took down Brian Rodriguez, that led to that foul. There was a lot of action going on in the box And that play would not have been made possible had it not been from an unbelievable pass by Tristan Blackman. Now, the foul occurred by Struna, and just like that, we have our captain, Carlos Vela, gearing up to punch in number 30 on the season. And, of course, being the cynical sports fan that I am, I'm sitting there watching, terrified... With a shoe in my hand, not necessarily <laughs> knowing if I'm going to do a shoey, And Carlos Vela, just like that, nudges in number 30. Boom. Scoring in his seventh straight game, just like that, one to nothing. And Scarf, we were absolutely jovial in our section. Banga California was absolutely jovial. I was ready to do a sanitary shoey with you and our buddy Byron. And you needed to go out there and... And get a beer from the bar. When I offered you a sanitary shoey with a wine, you were too proud to drink from Francis Ford Coppola's shelves.
0: I did not want to pound red wine out of my shoe. And I'm going to blame you for
1: what and, happened because six minutes later when you were MIA, Houston freaking scored. And yeah. I was
0: looking at you to do a shoey. With me, when Vela scored. Look, technically, Houston did not score. Technically, I left, and we scored another goal. It was just in our own goal. Tyler Miller, unfortunately, helping that ball into the back of the net. It pinballed around the box. I mean, I think it hit, what, El and Lee Wynn and a couple other different players. I mean, there were like nine guys in the box, and that ball somehow finds a way. I felt like it was Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park saying, life you know, f- finds a way in that weird way that Jeff Goldblum talked, and and I apologize. That was, I guess, supposed to be some sort of a Jeff Goldblum. Impersonation. Yeah, I didn't get it. Fail. But as soon as I got back, Carlitos gets taken down. What we thought was in the box, and so it's one one. We're upset. It's an own goal. Carlitos gets taken down. What we thought was in the box. VAR reviewed it, and, and I got to say, quick shout out to Nina's dad. I got to tell you, Mark was so upset in text messages to Nina. He was watching it at home. And we would love, by the way, when we post our picture of this episode, I would love to hear all of your takes out there. Is Mark right? Should this have absolutely been a PK? No doubt at all about it because we don't have the benefit of getting all the replays that they do on the home TV. So unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of the replays but it was just outside the box and Carlos bends the free kick just off the crossbar. But again, we kept at it though. We were still in good position to score, but really not a whole lot happening up until about the 40th minute where, you know, uh, Diego Rossi has just not had the run of stellar performances like he had last year he's he's obviously top five in goals in mls he's got 15 goals on the season at least up until this point of our game recap but it was one of those where i was like oh my goodness we really could have used number 16 there he had his pocket picked at the top of the box but lafc got the ball right back and the shot that he took was nowhere close for anything and a frustrating half as we go up one nothing it gets back tied at one, one, not a lot happening there right before halftime. I know Tyler had a save, I think right before the half, but other than that, we go into the half one, one, and we're looking now for that spark. We're looking for something and Philly, what we went about 10 minutes without anything. I know Elmo picked up our yellow card and I thought for sure he was going to have to come out, but then we had a, uh, we had a substitute, in the 58th, a little bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, Mark Anthony K came in for Brian Rodriguez in the 58th minute. K, normally being the starter that he is in the midfield, replaced Rodriguez, who was playing a forward role. And that obviously had the ball rolling as far as the boys were concerned. I will say, going back to the first half, the player that I would say was the MVP in that first half, Latif Blessing. I mean, I have so many complimentary things to say about this young man. I mean, the guy was everywhere. Even if it was a bad pass, he came through. Interceptions, he came through. If only Diego could score and finish with the precision of a Christian Ramirez. <laughs> Just kidding. That would <laughs> He'd have no goals. But if he could score with the precision of a legitimate European forward, I guess you could say. That is the only thing missing from Latif's game is the ability to really punch it in. In the back of the net. But Kay coming in to the game definitely made a difference. In the 65th minute, he had a ball off of Struna. It found its way in front of Tristan Blackman. Tristan Blackman had an unbelievable shot. Willis, the keeper of the Houston Dynamo, not being the greatest keeper in the MLS.
0: what are you talking about, Willis?
1: What'd you talk about, Willis? Blocked that. But going forward, in the 70th minute... We talked about him earlier. He had a lot of his damage early on in the season. Our go-ahead goal came off of a deflection from the post. And Diego Rossi heads in his 16th goal of the year. Good Lord were we waiting for that. It was about time he scored his 16th goal. Unbelievable how it finally Took note.
0: Oh, you know, I, I thought of, I think it was Karen who sits right behind us, right? You know, she had mentioned about needing to find. Diego Rossi, and I thought, you know, the world aligned perfectly for Diego there because how did he score it, Philly? You mentioned it, right? It was on a header, but it wasn't on a traditional header. How did he have to get to that ball? He basically dove. That's into it. right. He had to dive at the ball. And if we've ever seen Diego Rossi, we know if there's anything that he's good at, he can dive. So that was oh. really cool. It was perfect. He had this diving header. I mean, it couldn't have connected nicer. A defender came over for Houston. Joe Willis came over, but it had so much on it. This header, literally, he got all of it. What an incredible goal by Diego Rossi. So happy to see him get one in the back of the net. Number 16, like we had mentioned, he cements his place in the top five. But again, what we found out coming into the game was the record that was set of 44 goals between teammates. Well, that was Carlos Vela netting one, and now Diego Rossi netting one. So we're talking about now the record up to 46 goals between teammates. We were on our way to history, up two to one. And really, again, I just love looking at these notes and so many things going forward forward. Our offensive notes about LAFC. We were able to take it to them. We were able to start playing downhill. Carlitos misses one again in the 78th minute. It was just one of those things where I could not believe how well we were playing offensively. It was a real breath of fresh air, and you know we got taken down just outside the box. And and I'll say it. We're, we're sitting there with Lalo and Gaston, and they called it. Once that free kick was announced, they said, no, Atuesta's going to take it. Atuesta's going to take it because Carlitos was standing on one side and Edward was standing on the other side. And if you watched ESPN Sports Center, watch their top 10 tonight, you will see another entry from the black and gold Edward Atuesta in the 83rd minute. And the celebration was on, please. Go to ESPN tonight. Go look at their top 10, because if you don't have YouTube TV, you're not going to be able to watch it unless you Google it or YouTube it somewhere else. Philly, what an incredible angle. What an incredible curl. You know, it's one of those things where he's right-footed. Maybe Carlitos takes that if it's on the opposite side. But that right foot, that beautiful curl, not just around the wall, but around the outstretched arms of Joe Willis making the top 10 of Center. LAFC up 3-1, and Philly, There were hugs, there were high fives, there were fist bumps, there was beer thrown in the air and Founders Club of all places. What an incredible goal, and we felt it, Philly. We were just seven minutes away from our first piece of hardware.
1: You said it earlier, between Vela and Rossi, they are the ultimate dynamic duo In Major League Soccer. As a result of their two goals, LAFC with a league leading 80 goals in the season. And obviously, based on the numbers that you had just dictated, Vela and Rossi have scored more than 50% of LAFC's goals. But we cashed in our insurance policy. Thank you, MetLife. Thank you, Northwestern Mutual. Thank you, Mutual of Omaha. Edward Atuesta was the difference maker, and he bent it better than Beckham could have possibly have bent it on a free kick. He was our insurance policy, and we cashed it in. And just like that, 3-1, oh my gosh. At that point, there is no 80th-minute hex. There is no anxiety anymore. You feel that relief that despite the fact that NYCFC beat Atlanta 4-1, to one, LAFC at this point... With minutes left to go in the game, eight minus the obvious injury time, we were on our way to claiming the Supporter Shield. Thank you, MVP Carlos Vela. Thank you, Diego Rossi, top five scorer in Major League Soccer. And thank you, Edward Atuesta, a player that is unbelievably improved from last season. We talk about Rossi possibly going into Europe, and rightfully so, but... I fear that we're going to lose Edward West as well because this kid has been such a difference maker going into this season. Had he not picked up his level of play in the midfield, we would not be where we are today. Thank you for that beautiful curler. We owe this victory to you, my friend.
0: And more importantly again, Philly, it was the death of the blame Philly hashtag. <laughs> Very exciting about that, Philly. We dominated this game, in terms of our stats, you know, I felt like we were up quite a bit in terms of possession, but I was pretty surprised to see the final numbers. Philly, why don't you go through our stats at the end of the game? Cause I know, you know, that's something that you love to do, especially when possession is as lopsided as it is.
1: Possession usually is lopsided, and it was definitely lopsided in this endeavor. LAFC with sixty-two percent of the possession in this matchup to Houston's thirty-eight. Shots on goal, yet again another difference maker. We had twenty shots with nine on goal versus Houston's ten and four on target. Fouls, we basically equaled that out. Corners, LAFC, 6-5. to five. It was a fairly even matchup in a lot of ways, minus the score and minus the possession. But, Lord knows that dominating possession doesn't necessarily indicate that you are going to win. We have joked about it countless, countless times. Germany dominated Mexico in the first round of the World Cup, yet came out with a goose egg of a victory. <laughs> Football is a very strange game, but... Despite all that, LAFC manages to come out on top 3-1. to one. We win our first piece of hardware, the Supporter Shield, yes. which in our opinion means way more than the MLS Cup. For most of you that have grown up in the United States, you know that in every single sport there are playoffs. You know watching the NCAAs or whatever that a lower seed team can come out there in the postseason, and beat a dominant player from the regular season and move on. And quite honestly, we're the only country that does that in the grand scheme of things. The supporter Shield is really it. We finish off with the best record in Major League Soccer, and Lord knows that that is a title that is worth recognizing unfortunately it doesn't necessarily work that way here in the united states there is the mls cup that needs to be played but as we've stressed all season long we finish off the best in the west and the, the best, best in, in mls the mls we have i'll say it. silverware
0: Here's the other thing, Philly. Our fans, fans of the black and gold, fans of defenders of the bank, fans of LAFC, while they might wring their hands and gnash their teeth over, oh, this should be it. We won the Supporters' Shield most points. That's your ballgame. What I love about our fans is that now they can appreciate even more what it means, especially after last season's playoff debacle against Real Salt Lake. Look, we didn't come in the world-beater's Of Major League Soccer like we are this year, but losing that game against Real Salt Lake a game that we were favored to win a game that was played at our house a game that showed us that no matter what happens like you mentioned Philly in football anything can happen on any day you could be the 14th best team in Major League Soccer and win the whole thing to me. That's what makes this American trophy, Major League Soccer, the Cup. That's what makes it, for me, even more special because it's not just a regular season award. It is a playoff postseason award. You have to earn your way in during the regular season, and then you have to be the very best team for three, sometimes four games on your way to winning the Cup. And I'll say this. It's not easy. It is a 34 week season if you just count games in the regular season. Not the month beforehand of training and preseason games, not the month after of MLS playoff games, or you've got to play three or maybe even four potential games to get there. So we're talking about almost 11 months of soccer that these guys have to play just to get to where they're at. It's an incredible feeling to be able to lift your first piece of hardware. But I think the next one is even more special than the Supporters' Shield. And I can't wait. The best part about this, Philly, is that winning the Supporters' Shield now locks up the MLS Cup, if we make it that far to the final, being played at Bank of California Stadium. How cool is that, except for my wallet?
1: Yeah, our wallets are definitely going to be impacted severely because of the fact that we sit in the darn Founders Club. We already got the invoice. That really should be our wait. What What? moment of the podcast, but that is to say... That is another story. Wait, what moment of my credit card payment?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) We'll say this. Atlanta, as successful as they were last season, could not hang on to the supporter Shield. They lost that title to the New Jersey Energy Drinks towards the end of the season. Yeah, they got the last laugh while winning the MLS Cup, beating Portland last season. But another thing again, and thank you, Giovanni Beltran, for bringing this to our attention. We are, we are constantly laughed at and constantly picked on because of the fact that we haven't been around since 96, because of the fact that we don't have any MLS Cup titles. And quite honestly, I'm so happy that we managed the supporter Shield in a year quicker than that 696 team down in Carson. This is just a nice way <laughs> of sticking it to Philip Anschutz. You know what, for all you Galaxy supporters out there, enjoy this As an LAFC fan, I'm enjoying this. You know what? Give me the Since 96 BS. We took a supporter shield much quicker than you did, and we are only coming for your accolades. Rest on your laurels as long as you can because we are coming to sweep all of them up. You belong yesterday. We are today. We are the present. We are LA.
0: You know what? I'm also really excited about Philly You're talking about history. Well, let's go over real quick a little bit of history that was made tonight. Obviously, Carlos Vela moves one goal closer to tying Joseph Martinez. He is now the second player in Major League Soccer history to get to 30 goals in a season. He needs two goals over our final two games to take the record all by himself, obviously the record being 31. He gets two, he's at 32. He gets a goal tonight, and with that goal, he pushes his single-season points total even further. We already talked about the two-player goal-scoring record now being moved forward even further. Let's talk about a couple of team accolades as well. We are now sitting on 81 goals for the season with our three today. The record is 85. We need four goals in our last two matches to tie the record, obviously five, to dethrone the 1998 Galaxy. So I think now it is within our sights. I thought when we needed seven over our final three, it'd be tough. But we are there. We win our 20th win of the season. So we can still tie the New Jersey Energy Drinks, as you like to say. We are now at 68 points, just three behind the record of 71. So a win and a tie or two wins will give us the all-time points record. The goal differential, the video game-like goal differential that is at plus 44, now moves to plus 46 on the season and we have now broken the record for most points in your first two major league soccer seasons the record was last year atlanta setting their mark for their first two seasons at 124 we win tonight that puts us at 125 and we can finally stop doing these pesky supporters shield updates i'll give you an update at about 12 o'clock tonight, the supporter shield was at free play with a bunch of other people that were having a drink and celebrating the win. Then after that, it went home to LAFC. The supporter shield update is this We got one.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Our first piece of hardware in our second season. The ceremony itself was absolutely beautiful. They rolled out the red carpet. And the president and vice president of the 3252, deservedly so, went out there. Mo and Jimmy, you guys represented us well. You guys are unbelievable. It was so nice to see you out there with that shield, lifting it in front of everybody. It was awesome watching the video of the boys in the locker room and in the press conference room singing the Campiones song. Oh, man, it was a long season. And we we have two more games left i I really hope the boys don't put this game- these two games to the back burner we I really hope they don't take their foot off the pedal. Lord knows they shouldn't because they're professionals and they're competitive, which is exactly what brought them in there. It'd be great to get all these records and all these accolades, but man, have we come a long way since this club was founded? I have pictures of Panda and I year two years ago twenty seventeen With construction helmets on at Bank of California Stadium when there was just nothing but a hole in the ground. Unbeknownst to us, it's unbelievable that two short years later, we're in a packed stadium raising our first bit of hardware. Unbelievable! I still feel the need to pinch myself and punch myself in the face.
0: (laughs) You know, the other thing that's so great, Philly, like you mentioned, we have two games left on the season. We are going to see the Wonder Wall over there in Minnesota. Maybe that's right. Our final road game will be at the Wonder Wall at beautiful Allianz Field. Not to
1: be confused with the home of Bayern.
0: That's right. Uh, and our final game, again, we've talked about it a couple of times, on October 6th, the last game of Tim Howard's storied career. So make sure you head out to Bank of California Stadium for that. One other thing that we want to talk about. Oh, oh you know what, Philly? You know what I wanted to mention? One last thing, and then we'll talk about the last thing because we have you know two last things now because I said uh-huh. two last things. What I really did enjoy, for those of you that weren't watching on YouTube television or weren't there in the stadium with us at the end of the game we're celebrating the supporter shield and there's this skinny tallish figure in a black sweater black pullover that comes out and starts taking pictures with everybody on LAFC and i thought it was such a cool moment carlos vela invited over christian ramirez who was in the locker room, obviously, of the other team, the Houston Dynamo. Look, I'm not so sure how Houston's teammates are going to feel about him coming out and taking pictures, but I think any of those players out there that have gone through the rigors of an MLS season only to finish on top with a supporter shield will understand Christian Ramirez wanting to be out there with his former teammates. After all, this is a local kid from garden Grove. We really wanted to see him do well in black and gold. That wasn't meant to be, but I thought it was such a classy moment by LAFC to want him to be there to take some pictures with their teammates. It's not like he was holding the supporter shield. It's not like he was any of the, in any of those pictures, but It was such a classy move for them to bring him out there. I thought that was really cool. In an equally classy move, the Fields and Freeplay have invited us to co-sponsor Oktoberfest. What
1: are they thinking bringing a German to Oktoberfest? I can't
0: wait to be able to do this next Saturday, which is only, what, three days now away. Come on out to oktoberfest at the fields the outdoor bar at the fields you'll be able to see james and aaron and brendan and everybody else out there that's taken such good care of us for the longest time they will take excellent care of you you can head up to free play and grab us a julius peppers if you like but we are going to be out amongst all of the other breweries there i'm really excited Brewery West is going to be there. Veltens is going to be there. Several other great breweries from all over Germany and some great beers out at Oktoberfest. Please come out. We are going to be continuing the Childhood Cancer Fundraiser. They have allowed us to bring our pins over there. We'll have pins for sale I'll bring the cards back. We'll be able to buy LAFC cards. And again, 100% of the donation from the cards and $5 from every pin is going right to the Children's Oncology Group Foundation. So please come support the Kick Childhood Cancer Fundraiser, which goes all the way through September. If you're not going to support that, come out and have a beer with us at the very least. Come hang out with Defenders of the Bank. It's going to be an incredible time next Saturday, the 28th of September.
1: That of course is unless you're going to Minnesota, which if you are,
0: We're
1: Godspeed, and yeah, man, so super jealous. <laughs> jealous. That's a stadium would have loved going to. But anyway, that is all the time that we have for today on Defenders of the Bank. We won the supporter shield. We won the supporter. We won the freaking supporter shield. We
0: won the supporter
1: shield. Punch me in the face, scarf. Not oh, really hard. And not have. literally, because that won't make me very happy. But we won the stinking supporter shield. We mentioned last episode that we were millimetering our way to it. Lord knows I'm happy. Lord knows you're happy. Lord knows the 22,000 and the millions and, and millions. millions of LAFC fans are happy. That really is our wait what moment. Haha, <laughs> I didn't forget it this time That's around. That's right. Our wait what? what moment of tonight. We won the supporter shield. We won the supporter shield. And that is it for episode 61 of Defenders of the Bank. I am your host, Philly. With me, as always, The Scarf. And we're going to end this episode as we do every single one.
0: Rest in peace, blame Philly hashtag.
1: I'm down with that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.